happy Mother's Day, everybody. Happy Mother's Day um, to you lovely ladies here in the room, but happy Mother's Day to those of you watching online as well. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, so this morning, I'm bringing a message to encourage, to inspire the mums, but like with any Mother's Day message, I think it always comes with two caveats, and this is similar to Father's Day, I think. Um, the first caveat is that although I've got mums in mind with this message, really it's helpful for anyone in a nurturing role, anyone who um, serves with kids or with youth or that looks after or is responsible for developing another person, which should be most of us. So don't switch off if you're not a mum. This is for you as well. There'll be something for you within it too. Um, and the second caveat is that Mums, you know, they're so amazing. Having that loving relationship with a mother is so precious. It's so wonderful, so much so that when we don't have that, sometimes it can be painful, it can be hard. And there are lots of different reasons why it might be hard for you today. You might be grieving for your mum, you might have a difficult relationship with your mum, or you might be a mum who has a difficult relationship with their children. Um, There might be an unmet, desire well a desire that's gone unmet within you to be a mum yourself you know there are so many reasons why it can be hard today so I just want you to know that we know that we appreciate that um, and I really pray that you feel comforted today Um, and for most of us for the majority of us today will be a day of both it'll be a day of celebration um, of joy but it'll also be a day when there's a little bit of, of, of pain there as well and really I think that's That's kind of what I want to speak on this morning, um, is being able to hold two things, two different things, two opposing things at the same time, and being able to sit with them and to live with them. Um, I think it's something that's um, really mature if we're able to do that and able to to do that in life, and something that I think is especially helpful for mums as well, to be able to hold two things at the same time, not just practically, although that's really helpful when you're a mum to be able to hold lots of things, Um, but kind of emotionally and spiritually as well to be able to do that. And it may sound cliche, because it's Mother's Day, but this morning I'm talking about Mary. (laughs) Um, I think she's someone who models this really well, being able to hold two things at the same time. Um, And yes, it might be cliche, but God obviously thought that she was wonderful enough to entrust her with his son. So I think it's something, you know, it's worth listening to her and learning from what um, her example is to us. So I've got one passage for you this morning, and we're going to keep dipping in and out of it over the next kind of 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, And the passage is Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 50. Um, which should be up there, thank you. Um, And this is where Mary's pregnant and she goes to visit her cousin, Elizabeth. Um, And this is kind of sums up her attitude and her heart towards her pregnancy and her impending motherhood. Um, And it says this, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. And I love this passage for so many reasons, and like I said, we're going to keep dipping in and out of it. But one thing that really strikes me about it is Mary knew who she was. 
Um, she describes herself here as, as humble and as God's servant. She, she knows who she is. She knows her inadequacies. Yet she knows who God is as well. She describes him as mighty one, as Lord, as savior. She knows how awesome God is. And I think it's this ability that Mary has to kind of hold her own inadequacies, yet still lean into the greatness of God that makes her, you know, not just a a well-rounded, well-balanced, strong person, but makes her a wonderful example for motherhood as well. So if you, uh, if you want a title this morning, I've called it The Power of Yet, um, because there's a couple of yets that I think we can learn from Mary in this passage, and if you bear with me, I hope you'll understand what I mean by that. So the first one, the first yet, is learning to be humble yet confident. Humble yet confident. Humility is... It's such a virtue, isn't it? It's such a wonderful thing to be humble. It sounds lovely. It sounds wonderful. But isn't it just so hard to actually grow and develop in and to get better at? Um, You know, by definition, it's thankless, isn't it? You know, you don't get a reward for being humble. You don't get recognition for it. Otherwise, that's that's not humility at all. Um, And it can tend to go unnoticed, but it's so important. And God asks us, you know, he he recognizes the gift of humility um, throughout scripture. Now, in my limited experience, my 15 months worth of experience of being a mum so far, um, I have learned that many things, uh, but that really it has just been one humbling experience after another it's been one big lesson in humility um, I'm just going to leave this there there's no more humbling experience than giving birth full stop um, but then from then on every kind of season every step of the way you know you kind of you think you know what they're doing and then you stop sleeping and you realize that you know not what you don't know anything about what you're doing then he starts moving and you realize you're back to square one again. And it's just a humbling experience after humbling experience. But being humble, as amazing and as, as wonderful as that is, I don't think it's the full story. I don't think God asks us to be humble just to put us in our place or to keep us down or to make us you know, think, realize how inadequate we are and just leave it there. That's not what God wants for us. Humility, I think, is where God wants us to start, being honest with ourselves. But he wants to develop a confidence within us too. He wants us to stop relying on ourselves and start relying on him. If we just go back to the scripture, please, Jess, um, back in Luke. Obviously, Mary, she identifies herself here as being humble. Um, She said God's recognized the humble state. What's it say? humble state of his servant. So she, she says that she knows that that's something that, that she is, she's humble. But literally the next sentence couldn't be further away from that. She goes on to say, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And that doesn't speak of humility to me. I remember reading this a couple of times and thinking, all right, Mary, you know, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. That, you know, it's just the total opposite, but do you know what I've learned when I've thought about it? I've thought, yeah, that's confidence. And you know, she's not wrong, because here we are 2,000 years later, saying how wonderful she is and learning from her life. So she's, you know, she's not wrong, 
But I don't think it's arrogance. I think it's confidence. Thanks, Jess. I think it's confidence um, coming from knowing who God is, not who she is. She's saying people will call me blessed, not because she's amazing or anything special, but because she's God's servant and he is working through her life. It's like when we humble ourselves, we, um, we actually like get out of our own way and we allow God to work through us. We magnify his power within our lives. So how do we grow in that? How do we grow in the confidence? Jeremiah 17 verse 7 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. God says it's blessed to be confident in him. So how do we grow in that? How do we develop that? It says here we have to trust God. We have to learn to trust him. Now, um, Eli, my little boy, is in a, a wonderful stage of life at the moment where he's just learning how to walk. He's still really wobbly and slow, so we can still catch him, which is great. But um, he's, he's learning how to walk, and it's amazing to watch. But a couple of weeks ago, when he was just taking those first steps, initially he was, he was really uncertain about it. He was really tentative, really, you know, didn't know where to put his arms and legs and things. But with encouragement, um, you know, crouching down, encouraging him, come on, you can do it. It was beautiful to see him taking those first steps and to grow in confidence. Over a matter of hours, he was kind of doing it more and more confidently. And it was wonderful to see that. And I think... You know, that's the same for us with God. In life, when we realize that, you know, God is there egging us on, encouraging us, um, you know, he's there. When we make mistakes, when we fall over, it doesn't, it doesn't change his affection towards us at all. He's there just saying, come on, you can do it, you can do it. When, he, when we realize that he's fighting our corner and that he's on our side, it gives us that confidence. We can lift our head up and we can walk a bit taller knowing that. So we can be confident knowing that God is with us, that God is for us, and yeah, God is in and involved in our lives. So we might not be experts in things, we often aren't. You know, you might not be an expert in motherhood or fatherhood, but you can be confident knowing that you're doing life with one who is, with one who is an expert, one who is loving and wonderful and kind all of the time. You're doing life with God who is the expert, so you can be confident. So as you mother your children, you know, on the good days, on the bad days, the easy days, the hard days, you can do it with confidence, knowing that God is on your side and in your corner. Mary was humble, yet confident, and we need both. We need both. If we're too humble, then we risk living in fear. If we're too confident, then we risk living in pride and arrogance. We need both. So that's my uh, encouragement for you this morning is to try and grow in humility and confidence at the same time. Um, The second yet or the second thing that I think we can learn uh, from Mary is learning to be surrendered yet secure. Surrendered yet secure. And for me this is all about control Um, Now, I would never have said that I was a control freak, and I think hopefully those of you who know me quite well will know that I'm generally quite a laid-back person, I I hope. Maybe I'm just not self-aware, but I think I am, generally. Um, But it's amazing how quickly losing that control can overwhelm you and freak you out. You know, 
I remember finding out that we were pregnant with Eli, and that was something that I desperately wanted. But it was shocking how quickly it went from, we're pregnant, to, okay, we're pregnant. And just that overwhelming sense that, okay, I'm not actually in control of things anymore. I'm not in control of my body anymore. I'm not in, well, I'm going to have a baby that I'm then not in control of, but completely responsible for. Um, I think it's human nature, but that loss of control just kind of threw me off for a little bit. Because we love to be in control, don't we? We love to... um, we love to micromanage our lives and have the responsibility and have, make sure everything's going perfectly. And it gives us this sense of security when we're like that. But really, it's a false sense of security. I'm sorry to say that, but it's a false sense of security because even on our best days, when everything's going wonderfully, when we look the best, when we sound the best, when we're doing what we're doing and we're doing it well, even on those days, we're still flawed, we still make mistakes, we still get it wrong. It's so annoying, isn't it? (laughs) So paradoxically, the only kind of way that we can really have that true stability and true security in our lives is actually by surrendering it and surrendering it to God. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25 says, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. I used to think this was a bit of a threatening verse when I first read it. You'll lose your life unless you surrender it. It sounded quite, quite intimidating. But with reflection and maybe a little bit of, of life experience behind me now, I can see the wisdom in it. I can see that it's, it's talking about if you're trying to hold on to your life and cling on to it and manage it and you know, hold on to the control, then you're going to miss out on the wonders and the freedom and the fullness that God has for you. You might be in control, but you're going to be missing out on a whole lot more. So it's good to learn to surrender to God. We're not perfect, but God is. We have days when we're motivated by selfish things and and pride, but God never does. He's always motivated by love. So by surrendering to him and loosening those reins of control and letting him guide us, we actually experience the security, the safety, the peace that comes from knowing that our life um, is in the hands of our perfect loving father. And this is something that Mary knew. Just going back to that scripture in Luke again, um, just this bottom line, it says, his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. And this word fear that Mary uses, um, in it actually the root of it, it means to submit to or to surrender to. So Mary knew what it meant to surrender to God. She says it here, but we see it throughout her life as well. Her actions demonstrated that, that she was surrendered to God So it sounds really hard, but how can we grow in our surrender? How can we surrender to God? It sounds like such a vast thing to do. Um, But when it comes down to it, you know, I was thinking about it, really it's about the day-to-day. It's about bringing God into the everyday moments. It's about starting our day off saying, God, what do you want? How can I listen to you? How can I respond to you today? By praying to him, by listening for what it is that he's telling you, by reading his word, you know, as, as parents, 
you know, seeking God's will for your children by praying for them, by bringing them into those kind of decisions that um, you have to make for your children. Involve God in that. Surrender to God in that. And when you do, when you lean into that greater surrender to God, you can rest, you can find peace, you can find security, knowing that it's okay because God's on your side and God's got it and he will never let you down. So be humble yet confident, be surrendered yet secure. And the final one is to be weak yet strong weak yet strong. And I'm not just talking about physically here, although I am more than qualified to talk about being weak physically. Um, I've never been able to do a press up in my life, no matter how hard. Well, to be fair, I haven't really given it, you know, no, I'm thinking that through. Maybe I've just never worked at being able to do a press up in my life. I'll have to start doing that. Um, But being weak is defined as being liable to break under pressure liable to, um, to, yeah, to not be able to perform a task or to be powerless. And I can think of so many times, this week even, when I felt like that, let alone throughout my life. Um, and I think we can all feel weak at times. And that applies to so many different areas of life and so many of us. But when we're thinking specifically about motherhood, um, when we think about being weak and inadequate in relation to that, it's actually now got its own label. It's got its own, kind of coined its own phrase. I don't know if you've heard of the phrase mum guilt, but that is something that's kind of, it's rife at the moment. It's in our culture, women feeling inadequate and not up to the task of being a mum. And, you know, psychologists reckon that this has been going on for, for generations and generations, but for so many reasons at the moment, it seems to be more rife and more of a problem than ever before. Now, some of those things, you know, women now are able to have careers, which is wonderful, but that can add pressure to being able to manage things for the family and at home. Social media always kind of paints this perfect picture of what you should look like, what your children should look like, what your husband should look like, what your house should look like. You know, all these Pinterest perfect um, images that we should try and compare ourselves to, this gold standard that we're just never going to be able to match up to. Um, Advertising companies trying to sell us products to, you know, enable us to be the best mother that we can be just, again, adds to the pressure. And, you know, for good measure, just like throwing a pandemic, you know, being locked in at home with children and trying to cater for their psychological needs and you haven't got a clue what you're doing and just being completely out of your depth. Um, I know lots of us can relate to that. Often we feel weak. Often we feel inadequate. We feel like we don't know what we're doing. And at times, you know, we, we are weak. We are, let's be honest, we are. But, and there is a but, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. This is the Apostle Paul talking about Jesus. And he says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. You may be weak, but God's grace is sufficient for you. It's enough, it's all that you need. His power is made perfect in weakness. And he goes on to say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, what? So that Christ's power may rest on me. 
That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How, how like back to front is, is that? To boast in weaknesses and insults and hardships. It just seems back to front, inside out the wrong way around, compared to how we're taught to look at our weaknesses, how our society says to try and paper over them and be ashamed of them and pretend that they don't exist, Paul says, boast in them, boast in them, bring them into the light, because then Christ's power will rest on you. And I was going to say, you know, this is your homework to go away and think about your weaknesses and to go and, you know, tell people about them. And that's very easy for me to say, but I thought this morning I might just practice what I preach and actually just boast in a couple of my weaknesses this morning so that you can learn that you're not the only one that doesn't have it all together. So in the interest of time, I'll only give you one or two, just one or two. Um, But here are some of my weaknesses, okay? Sometimes I feel overwhelmed by trying to juggle my job, my home life, my marriage, my son, and all of my commitments. However, at the slightest suggestion that I need any help, I can get quite easily offended. Um, My default mode is to be pretty lazy. Um, If anyone follows the Enneagram, I'm a type nine, so my default mode is to be quite lazy and sloth, like I have to be in a really healthy place to be proactive about things. Um, And my guilty pleasure is that I will scroll endlessly on my phone, filling baskets and baskets on different uh, shopping sites. I never actually buy things, but I fill them with beautiful things, beautiful things. And another weakness of mine is that I often struggle to get passionate about things, not about my faith, definitely not about my faith, but when it comes to hobbies and interests, I really wish I had a hobby, but I just don't, I've tried lots of different things and I just can't pick one up and I get so jealous of people like my husband who just picks up a new hobby every week and gets so much satisfaction out of it. I've tried, I can't and I get jealous and it's a weakness. And I could go on. There are so many weaknesses, but we'd be here forever. We'd be here until the clocks go back again, you know, in the autumn, trying to go through my list of weaknesses. But the point of me sharing these things with you hopefully encourages you that that I don't have it all together, so you're not alone. There's at least two of us that don't have it all together, even if everyone else does. Um, But also by boasting in those things, it removes the shame. You know, it brings them to the light. It brings them into the light and it brings them to the light it brings them to Jesus where there's no shame at all there's no condemnation there's no guilt there's no mum guilt in Jesus so I know I said it wasn't your homework but maybe just have a think you know some of these things that you're weak in some of these areas maybe where you've been ashamed about um before Why don't you try and bring them into the light? Why don't you bring them to God? Why don't you share them with someone? You know, you don't have to do it so publicly on a stage live on YouTube. Um, But share them with someone. Remove that shame. Remove that guilt. Realize that when you are weak, you are strong. That's what that scripture says. When you're weak, you're strong because of the power of Christ on your life. This is something Mary knew Going back to that scripture, she says Mary was Lord, sorry, God was Lord, Savior, holy, mighty. She knew God's strength. 
that's who God is. That's who God was to Mary, but that's who God is to you today. You may be weak, but my word, when you lean into God's power, are you strong? When you don't run and hide from your weaknesses, but embrace them, knowing that God is on your side and in your corner, you are strong. So ladies, we can mother with strength and dignity, free from shame, free from guilt, knowing that God is on our side. So this morning, I want to encourage you to grow in being humble yet confident, in being surrendered yet secure, and in being weak yet strong. And if I can summarize that into one thought for you to go with, it's It's just to come to God as you are. To be honest, to be humble, to be vulnerable with God. You know, he knows it all anyway, but there's something special about when we we bring it ourselves, when we admit our weaknesses, when we bring that to God exactly as we are, God meets us there. He doesn't ask us to be perfect or to have it all together. He just meets us there, ready and willing. Like Deb said before, you know, just so, just waiting for us to turn to him. So be vulnerable, come to God as you are, and accept the help that God has for you. Accept it. He has confidence for you. He has strength for you. Um, he has so many wonderful gifts for you. Be vulnerable in asking for help, but be vulnerable in accepting it as well. So that's all I had to to say to you this morning. If it's all right, I'm just going to pray for us all um, and then the band can come up and and we can sing and worship God together. God, I, uh, I thank you that you are with us. God, I thank you that right now in this moment, whether we're here in the building, whether we're in our living rooms, that you are with us. We don't have to do anything special to enter into your presence, Lord. We just, we just turn our eyes towards you and we just recognize that you are with us. I thank you that we can come as we are, that we don't have to be perfect, that you accept us just the way we are. Jesus, I thank you that, that you died for us while we were still sinners. Before we did anything good or anything right, you died for us, even in that sinful state. And we thank you so much for that. God, I pray for for all the ladies this morning. I pray for all the mums. I pray for all of us, but specifically for the ladies, Lord, that you would help us to grow in confidence. You would help us to develop a greater surrender to you. And that you would help us to realize that we are strong because you are strong. God, I pray for, for all the women. I thank you for all the ladies that we have here at Breathe New Life, all the ladies in this community, and I pray a blessing upon them today on Mother's Day. In Jesus' name, amen.